Let's read from John chapter 1, the Gospel of John, page 1220. Hear the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. Without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it or overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That's our scripture reading. And now we'll turn to our confessional reading. This would be Lord's Day 2 of the Heidelberg Catechism, page 518 in the songbook. Just wanted to... uh, Look at Lord's Day 1, the second part of it, uh, question answer 2. What do you need to know in order to live and die in the joy of this comfort? First, how great my sins and misery are. Second, how I am delivered from all my sins and misery. Third, how I am to be thankful to God for such deliverance. And now here's the uh, second part of the Heidelberg Catechism, or actually it's the first part, beginning at uh, Lord's Day 2. Verses 2, 3, and 4 are about our sin and misery. From where do you know your sins and misery? From the law of God. What does God's law require of us? Christ teaches us this in a summary in Matthew 22. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Can you keep all this perfectly? No. I am inclined by nature to hate God and my neighbor. And that's Lord's Day 2. After the sermon, we're going to sing Psalm 51, verses 4, 5, and 6. Congregation loved by Jesus Christ. Do you have a good relationship with the law? Do you get along with the law of God? Like, would you call it a friend? Or is it something painful? Is it a bit like medication? Like some nasty thing that you have to take because it'll probably make you better anyway. Theologically, there are many troubles that we might have 
approaching the law of God, we might be going through what is necessary. That's a bit of a problem if you're not enjoying it. You might be going through the law and your, your pride gets the better of you. It's possible. Maybe this is your hope. You're a bit of a legalist and maybe you just love, um, love to hear the law because this is a bit of a checklist for you. Possible. Maybe you just like being flogged a bit. Some people enjoy going through the law. They figure the measure of a really good sermon, the measure of a really good um, word of God that you've experienced is how low you've been brought by the word of God and the law of God. So some people, maybe a little bit masochistic, don't mind a bit of pain and they will go through this. Theologically, there's trouble as we approach the law. And then, many Christians also have this theological challenge. When you get to the Apostle Paul and the letters to Paul, you're going to know, maybe it's podcasts, maybe it's sermons that you come across. There are many Christians who say, okay, the law is bad. Paul says it even. And it becomes overridingly negative because you forget that trusting in the law or hoping in the law as if the law is the gospel, you're going to be saved by trying hard. That view that Paul was trying to eliminate, you're like, okay, the law is definitely bad, let's get rid of it. You might forget all the scriptures that say the law is good. Performance and obeying the law, that's not going to be your only hope. That is not your salvation. So that's what the Apostle Paul was dealing with. And he didn't, with one sweep of the hand, get rid of all that God has said about the law being good. Think of what we sang, Psalm 119. The law is a beautiful thing. It grants us wisdom. It gives us knowledge. The law is an expression of God's love. What's it say in Deuteronomy 4 verse 8? What other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as the body of laws I'm setting before you today? It would be really good if we had the right perspective on the law of God. And so the message I'm bringing this morning, this afternoon is this, this is about the law. Look at the good news here. The law is a gift of love. The law is a gift of light. First of all, I want to show that the law is a gift of God out of love. It overlaps a bit, but most people don't know how good God is. Most people don't know much about God at all. And it's amazing what the law does. If you just compare it, you go for a hike, you're out in nature, there's very little you can learn about God you can see His wisdom, you can see His majesty, His splendor, especially you see some awesome sunset, you, you endure, you survive a storm or something, and you can come away knowing about the divine power and the wisdom of God. But will you know about His faithfulness? 
Well, you know about these attributes of God, like He is truth. He is love. As we approach the Catechism, Lord's Day 2, and the topic of law, I want you to already anticipate this is leaning in the direction of good news. You can go through the Ten Commandments, and I encourage you, as you hear the Ten Commandments, to ask yourself, what do I learn about God? What is He telling me about Himself and His heart? Because the law is a gift of love, and He doesn't want us to be ignorant. I mean, I'll just give you a few examples that come easily. You know that law, the, the law shows God loves rest. There is your fourth commandment, the Sabbath rest. You know that God loves respect. He loves order. He loves authority, structure. Yeah, you'll hear that in the fifth commandment, honor your father and mother. You know that God loves life itself. You, you see the sixth commandment. He loves life, he says, you shall not murder. He loves faithfulness, committed faithfulness. You shall not commit adultery, the seventh commandment. He loves generosity. You know, the eighth is do not steal. He's saying, I love generosity. He loves truth. That's the ninth commandment. You shall not bear false witness. God loves contentment. There's the tenth commandment. You shall not covet. I love it when you're content. You don't pick this kind of stuff up on a nature walk. The law is God's gift so that we would have our blinders off so that we would see Him, that we would come to know Him. You think about your, the neighbors that you have, the people that you meet. Not everybody knows God. A lot of people think they already know Him in some way. And it doesn't hurt in our day and age to talk about the law and bring it up. This could be a conversation starter. Somebody says, Oh, this is totally wrong. You listen for that in a conversation. They might say, this really bothers me. And then you say, oh, is that wrong? You know that right and wrong, where do, you, where do you learn that from? Is it just in your conscience? Or do you actually know the law of God? Because this is what God says in His law. The law is God's gift of love. He's telling us about Himself. You don't have to guess. You don't have to make it up. It's not a democracy like we decide what we want God to like or not like. This is love. And as we come into Lord's Day 2, we're hearing we should know our sin and misery. We're heading in the direction of redemption, healing, salvation, but, but already now, this is love. God's saying, I want you to be ready to encounter me. There's a day when we will appear before the throne of God. Are you ready for that? Our reading in John chapter 1, it's, it references light and love. It didn't say law. But if you were looking for it, John the Baptist He's mentioned there, and he comes preaching the law. He's bearing witness to the light. He's giving testimony about the light that is coming. And so there is law so that you would be ready for when Christ appears. 
It wasn't to bring disaster and judgment. It was, it was so that we would have our hearts tuned. Think of Isaiah 6. What would it be like if suddenly we appeared before God in that sense of Isaiah 6 where the throne, the heaven room is opened up and we see God Himself. Who's ready for that? Woe is me. I am ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips, Isaiah the prophet said. I live among the people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. So, I'm glad we don't suddenly appear before God unprepared. We've had a little bit of practice. You know of His holiness when you read the law. You know who He hates. He hates anger and murder. You know He hates lust and adultery. He hates greed and theft. He hates lies. You go through the commandments. On one hand, what does God love? On the other, what does He hate? And you have encountered the heart of God. But you could do it gently, right? Safely. You can do it, I don't know, wherever your Bible is at your bedside table. I hear there's a solar eclipse coming again. Coming our way in April 8th. You could prepare for the solar eclipse. Don't stare directly at the sun. It's not a good idea. You could prepare for that. I'm sure you can get these things for real cheap. Eclipse glasses. Really strong sunglasses that fold out. Or you can get your welding goggles if you have them. The law is a way to look at God without getting your retinas burnt. You see the face of God. You encounter the heart of God, really. You know what He loves. You know what He hates. He deserves worship. And He hates false worship. So the law of God, get this, is a gift of love. And He makes it safe for us to encounter Him so that our hearts will be looking for Christ Jesus. Remember what happened on Mount Sinai, how dangerous that was. The law of God comes to the people and it's way too forceful. Remember the mountain shaking, the smoke, the fire, the lightning. Exodus 20 verse 18 says, When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and they said to Moses, Speak to us yourself. We will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. If you look at God unprepared, you're terrified. You forget He's your refuge. And maybe we lose some of that that terror. We lose it a bit too much when we hear the law read every Sunday morning, like routine. We forget that it's meant to prepare us for the time we we will come before the throne of God. So here's a gift. It's got a little package. It's the law of God. And the label on there, there's a card from God. It says, I love you. Open it. Read it. Very few nations get something like this. Very few peoples get this. 
You can get a glimpse of who I am, God says. This is my character. In the Ten Commandments, you want to know how great your sins and misery are. Read it again. The law of God is not a one-time snapshot. Okay, I know I am sinful. No, no, you, you notice that if you want to have your comfort in life and death, how great are my sins and misery? Has he just saved me like skin depth? like we heard this morning? Or is his salvation dealing with the depths of my sin and misery? How great my misery and my sin are. So the law of God shows us in a safe way who he is so that we can find our refuge, our salvation in Christ Jesus. So the first point I was making is the law is a gift of love. Now, It's going to be a little more precise, a little more specific. The law is a gift of light. What is light when you hear that in the Bible? A reading in John 1. Light is truth. It's how you know reality. And in some parables, the Lord Jesus would talk about the the eye is the lamp of the body. Or no one hides a lamp under a bushel. There's so many parables he used speaking of light. In a day before light bulbs, before you have street lamps, Jesus is saying, if you don't have light, you are in darkness. Do you know what that means? It means you're going to stumble around. You're going to hurt yourself pretty seriously. Sometimes you encounter sin. The Effects of sin. And it hurts. Yeah, it came because you were stumbling around in darkness. And now you're feeling it. So here's John 1 verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness did not comprehend it. Or did not understand it. And here's John 1, Jesus speaking of himself, he's basically saying, I am the light, when I shine in the darkness, the darkness doesn't win. I am the truth, I'm coming into the world, John 1 verse 10. Jesus Christ was in the world, through the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. There's two points I want to draw from this. John 1 verse 10. The light came into the created world. Okay? Think of the created world. The globe. And the light that God brought into the world, it was not recognized, not welcomed, not received. Prefer darkness, please. Thank you. Can you shut the light off? That was the response from the world. And the second thing is that the light came to his own people, John 1 verse 10 says. And it was not received, it was not welcomed, not appreciated by them. The official, like the religious people, the ones who are called the children of God. Uh, Lights out, please. Can Can you shut that off? Thank you. Unrecognized. Disrespected. 
and disowned. If this is happening to Jesus Christ, the light of the world, if that light is being blocked out, you know. There's a problem with our hearts. The law of God, the law of God that even John the Baptist was preaching was a glimmer of the light of Christ. It was bearing witness to the light. It was a reflection of the light. And people were saying, no thanks John the Baptist, go your way. The law of God was not appreciated as a gift. And this is our nature. You know what you have going on in your heart? Your sinful nature, your flesh, is uncomfortable with the light. You know how cockroaches hide? You flick the light on and they scurry into the dark. This is our human nature. Light is uncomfortable. The truth is uncomfortable. Ever since the fall into sin in Genesis 3, the original fall, there's Adam and Eve. You see them scurry into the bush or trees and they're there busy knitting some fig leaves together. They're all about hiding from God and now it's also from each other. Isn't it hard to confess your sin to one another? The letter to James, confess your sins to one another. Why is that so hard? Because darkness is safer. At least that's what it feels like. And it's no different now, true for many, that we are uncomfortable with the law of God. I began with how we're uncomfortable theologically, that we can have different views on how to approach the law of God, but we're also uncomfortable with the very fact that the law is God's gift of light. And the light of God is going to do that double-edged sword kind of piercing. And you hang around somebody who loves the Lord, who loves the Lord and who loves His law, and you're going to be uncomfortable by the fact that light is being shed into your life. Don't ask me about how I spend my money. That's private. Don't ask me about my marriage. That's private. Don't ask me about what I use my screen for. It's uncomfortable because then people get to know you and see you and they could judge you. Yet isn't this the point of the law, God Himself? I want to get into your heart. I mean for my light to get deep into your heart. So the point is, here at Lord's Day 2, do you welcome this? The language of John 1, do you welcome the light? Do you receive the light? There's ways you can soften it and you can warm up to it You can read the law. You can anticipate the Lord Jesus Christ. But please, welcome the light. 
I urge you to. You see in the Bible that there's, there's this common thread. On the one hand, theologically, you might want to shut off the light. You might want to shut out the light. But there's this level of, I do not want to encounter the light. So, so often in the Bible, there are ways that we avoid it. The law says that I should love God and my neighbor. Huh, that's easy. Love. <laughs> I'm glad that's all it is. I thought you meant like, do not murder, do not kill, do not steal. But I can handle this. I can love my neighbor. You see that? A little twist to how you read the word love and reinterpret that? So that the light no longer penetrates. Or how about this? The law says to love God and my neighbor. Common little move. Avoid the light by saying, oh, oh, did you mean like neighbor, neighbor, or just neighbor? There's a whole parable about the good Samaritan. I used to think neighbor was the person who I got along with, the like-minded person. Those are the ones I ought to love. But Jesus is teaching me that I have to love my enemy kind of neighbor? There's the law going in, and you could say, no, I'm going to reinterpret the law. He doesn't really mean neighbor, does he? The law of God says, love God and my neighbor. What if you start using the scriptures to cancel out other scriptures? The Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, the Pharisees were pretty good at that, using some scripture to block out other scripture. You have heard it said as of old. And they would use one chapter or verse to say, see, you can hate your enemy, you don't have to love your enemy. The point is, as God gives you this gift, it's a gift of love. It's a gift of light. Welcome, receive that light. Question answer five, it's going to give you a, a kind of a sour note. Question answer five, can you keep all this perfectly? No, I am inclined by nature to hate God and my neighbor. It's not good news here. In the catechism class, I get the children to think of a slide at the park. To be inclined means to go down a slope. And you speed up going in the direction you're going down. Faster and faster. Can you keep the law perfectly? No, this is the direction I'm heading in. By nature, this is the direction I head in. If God were to do nothing with me, I would be hating God and hating my neighbor more and more. I would enter the darkness and stay in the darkness. That would be my safe place. Come into the light. There's some good news in John chapter 1. It started out with those who did not receive or did not recognize or welcome Him. They were happy with the darkness. But John 1 verse 12, Yet to all who received Him, the light. Whatever level, whatever you can handle for light, a little bit of the Word of God breaking through into your life every day. 
little bit of the law of God coming in. Welcome it. Take it. Because here's the good news. Yet to all who received the light, there, there's the welcoming. Though it was extremely uncomfortable, yet you welcomed it. And though he knows every bit of sin that you cling to and that clings to you, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Here's good news. There's the gift of the law of God working. The gift of the light of God breaking through. And there are people you read about who welcome the light. They're adopted into the family of God. Not those who were good. But all that they did was welcome the light. They, they welcomed the law. They welcomed the truth. They welcomed the one who is truth himself. And they started with the law. It was probably some conversation that I'm far from God. The way I was living. The way I was thinking. It started with the truth. Somebody confronted me. Do you know what God thinks about that? And by faith, by the miracle of the Holy Spirit, rebirth. We'll get to that in a bit. But that light breaks through and you welcomed it. You welcomed it. And you welcomed it even more. How great is your sin and misery. You welcome that discussion. I don't mind if you see me as I am. Warts and all. There's forgiveness. I know my Savior. I can confess my sins to you. Because I know my Savior has forgiven them. He's given you the right to become the children of God. And now you sit around the household table of God. You have communion with others who welcome the light. So we start out. Was the law uncomfortable? Yeah, the law is uncomfortable. Is the law good news? Yeah, you see the heart of God. Yeah, it's good news. It's like this little flashlight. You can practice with it already now in your life. Aim the law of God at yourself. You see sin. You see stains. Already now you can practice going toward the light or shutting it off again. Jesus Christ says, come to me. I am the light. Are you welcoming the law? John 3.21 He who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen. They've been done in God. Lord, say too, the topic of the law of God. We already encounter such good news. What motivates God? What's the heart of God? Not to push anyone away, but to draw them to Jesus Christ, that you would find mercy, that you would find forgiveness, you would have grace. 
Do you want to just know a little bit of your sin and misery? Or how great it is? Come close to the law. Because then you'll be coming closer to Jesus Christ. The law is aiming you to Jesus Christ. Come to the light. And you will be saved. Amen.